Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Um, so I want to talk to you guys today about uh, what does it look like to finish 2020 well? And um, I'm just putting this over here so I have a timer. Uh, anytime that I get to the end of a year, my birthday, the end of a big season, you know, getting ready to get married or just different things, you know, there's times and seasons in our lives. And anytime I get to the end of a year or a season, I always think of it like a doorway. And I'm walking up to a doorway and I try to take a moment to evaluate what am I carrying right now? What do I want to leave in this year or this season? And what do I want to take with me into the next year or the next season? And I feel like we have a real opportunity right now because we're right at the beginning of the end of the year, right? We're in the last month of the year and especially in a year like 2020 that has had so many different things going on. I don't want to wait until like December 31st to talk to the Lord about this year, right? I think we have a few weeks to really take time to talk to the Lord about this year. And I really felt like he said, uh, the Lord said that he wants to redeem our view of this year and free us to redefine this year according to his terms and not the terms that the world would dictate for the year. Because God's at work, right? And so... God is really very intentional with times and seasons. Uh, And so one way to start doing that evaluation, like if we're all standing at this doorway, right, getting ready to transition into 2021, where do we start with that kind of evaluation process with the Lord? And I like to start with looking at what he told me last year that this year would be. And it's so interesting because I got some really cool things from the Lord about 2020 before any of what we've known 2020 would be. And I wanted to share one of those things with you. Some of you guys have heard this before, um, but I really felt like it was important to share. So I felt like at the beginning of the year, I was uh, dating, we were about to get engaged, and I, two of my closest friends, actually two people who were in my wedding, both got in very serious relationships really quickly at the end of 2019. And I'm a very, like, protective friend, you know, and I was watching this stuff unfold, and I had a moment of, like, is this good? Like, is this Jesus? If it's the Lord, I'm totally behind it. If it's not the Lord, this is really fast. And I just was having this dialogue with the Lord, like, how do I support my friends? Is this you? This feels really sudden. I don't really know what I think about it. I was going to bed one night, and I felt like the Lord said, this is me. And don't be surprised if you see more stuff like this this year. And don't be surprised if they get married before the end of the year. And they actually both got married in November, both of those friends. And so I felt like the Lord was saying that that was like a sign of what he was doing this year, that there were going to be very quick things that were surprising, but they had to happen in 2020 because 2020 is a year of alignment. And I saw this picture of... Uh, the cornerstone, right? We know Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the rock that the church is built on, but also that our lives are built around. And I saw this big stone, and then I saw other stones coming around it and lining up with it. So like I saw me and Saphir, our lives coming together around the cornerstone, but I saw a lot of other alignment things like that as well. It didn't just have to be relationships. I felt it like it pertained to business. It pertained to 
where people live, like anything you can imagine where you could have alignment, that this was going to be a year where alignment happened. And sometimes it was going to be super sudden and like very major shifts. And I felt like the Lord said that alignment was putting the finishing touches on the foundation that he'd been building for the last 10 years. And if you look back to 2010 and the things the Lord has done in your life since then, and look at what he's done in you in 2020, I think you'll be surprised to see how many things feel like they're coming full circle. One kind of fun example, I moved away from home in 2010. I'd never lived actually outside of my parents' house, and I moved across the country, and I have not lived near my family in 10 years. And this year, totally out of the blue, my brother and his family just moved to walking distance from my house. And that was a huge alignment shift for them. They had never considered living outside of Colorado until this year. And only because of the stuff that happened with COVID was that able to even happen for them. And so, like, it's a huge shift for me. It's a huge shift for them. You know, there's all of these different things going on. And it's super intentional of the Lord to create these alignment moments. And not only is he finishing the foundation of the last 10 years, I felt like he said what he's finishing is necessary to build what he wants to do over the coming 10 years. And I actually saw people in 2030 looking back and talking to each other and being like, oh my gosh, we had to know each other and we had to meet in 2020 or we had to create that business deal in 2020 or we had to have this connection in 2020. If that hadn't happened, all of this stuff over the last 10 years would never have happened. And so... The thing I want to encourage you guys with in that is that the year's not done yet. So if you haven't yet seen that alignment, and it might not look like a marriage or a, you know a move or something that major, but there's a lot of shifts happening to finish that foundation, and the Lord is gonna do that. You know, He's so He's using everything in this year to create that alignment. Even all of you that are part of our church now that weren't connected to us before this year. You know, there's so many things. And we're going to see. And the crazy thing is we just had a building being built by our house this year. And it takes forever for them to do the foundation. And it looks like nothing is happening. And you're like, are they even doing anything over there? Like there's work guys and it looks like nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden they finish the foundation and the building like rockets up. It seems like overnight. And so I think as we move beyond this year, this foundational year, we're suddenly going to see it's going to look like these overnight things, but they've actually been going on for a long time. And so uh, some examples of that, you know, include obviously my friends getting married. One thing I thought was really interesting, I just saw a video from um, Eric and Candace Johnson, who've been the senior pastors of Bethel Church for 10 years, and they had committed their whole lives to that church. They weren't planning on doing anything else, and they literally just made an announcement like, we're not supposed to be the senior pastors anymore. We don't know what we're going to do next, but we're supposed to do something different. And we're stepping out. And this is like totally the Lord, a huge shift he made in this this year. And I was like, there it is again, like another alignment thing happening. So I wanted to encourage you guys with that. Um, And sometimes the Lord plucks us out of our comfort zone so that he can rearrange everything and bring us back in. Because sometimes it's really hard to like reorganize a whole room or your whole life or a whole area of life if you're in the middle of it, right? But sometimes he pops us out, rearranges everything and pops us back in. And so I think that that's something that's been happening as well in this year where sometimes it seems a little bit foggy and like, what on earth is happening? I can't see anything right now, but I feel like the fog's going to lift for people. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I needed to be. So 
this alignment thing, right? Like if we're in alignment with Jesus or we're trying to step into alignment with him, I wanted to look up what alignment means. And one of the definitions that I thought was great is it's just a position of agreement. Like, how easy is that, right? If we want to, how do we be in alignment with Jesus? You know, I think sometimes we really over-spiritualize things and we're like, how do I know? And it's literally, you're like, Jesus, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing this. And you go, okay. Like, and now you're in alignment. (laughs) It's like really easy. And um, I was thinking, you know, my dad's a chiropractor. So like, I've grown up having chiropractic adjustments my whole life, which is awesome. He doesn't live here right now, which is sad, but... Uh, You know, for me, I'm so used to the feeling of alignment that when my body goes out of alignment, even a little bit, it's like over the course of a few days, it feels like everything falls apart. I'm like, nothing in my body is working, you know, and then I go get an adjustment and you feel that sense of like, oh, okay, everything's where it should be. And it's really like that feeling of shalom, right? Nothing missing, nothing broken. There's peace. There's this sense of like centeredness and wholeness. That's what alignment feels like. And that's where we're supposed to be living right now, even in the middle of stuff that feels totally crazy and out of control. In that place of alignment with Jesus, we feel that peace. And I loved in Matthew 7, it says, um, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to the wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. So there's that foundation again, right? For building on the foundation with Jesus as the cornerstone. And when the rains fell and the flood came and the pandemics and the craziness and the fierce winds, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. And so that's a pretty simple formula. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life. So going back to what Romy's been telling us forever, listen and obey, right? That's how we come into alignment. We listen and we do what he says. And so um, I wanted to say something super quickly on that because I feel like um, sometimes we get tripped up around hearing what he says. I feel like that's an area for a lot of people that they like the idea of it and they want it and it's so hard to know like what does that actually mean and so I wanted to tell you super simply um, from 1 Corinthians 14 it says when someone prophesies and prophesying is just hearing from God and saying it out loud right it's not super complex when someone prophesies he speaks to encourage people to build them up and bring them comfort And so there's a really simple way, if you're asking the Lord to speak to you, if you're like, I want to come into alignment, what are you doing? Tell me something. You just have to trust that when you ask, what you receive is from him. And the really easy way to to check it and make sure is, does it line up with the Bible? Does it sound like something Jesus would say? Because if it's like, you're a horrible, evil person and I hate you, that's probably not Jesus, right? (laughs) But if he's like, I love you and you're wonderful and I have good plans for you. I can't tell you how often I talk to people and I'm like, what are you hearing from the Lord? And they're like, I don't know. I asked and he said, you're beautiful and I love you and I'm not sure if that's him. And I'm like, you're good. Like, even if it's not him, you're fine to run with that as being the word of the Lord, right? Like it lines up with scripture. It's encouraging, it's comforting, and it builds you up. So if you are asking the Lord to tell you things and you're hearing things that are good and line up with scripture and encourage you, just trust that it's him and run with it, and come into agreement with it, Uh, and write everything down. Really, writing stuff down is a huge way to be able to track what the Lord is saying, and go back, and look, and see it proved out over time in your life. So, 
I want to run through a couple of quick kind of practical alignment checks, right? Like if we're standing here at this doorway, how do we go through and go, is what I'm carrying right now from the Lord? Um, so a few different things that we can check. I think the number, the first thing to check is check your heart and your mind. I'm going to kind of use those um, kind of interchangeably. I know that they can be differentiated, but I'm just going to kind of use heart and mind similarly because I think your thoughts and beliefs are so intertwined and run together so much that if you're checking one, you're checking the other most of the time. And uh, a few years ago, I had a really funny vision from the Lord. I grew up in a Christian household, and so I genuinely do not remember a time when I did not know Jesus, and I don't remember not being able to speak in tongues, which is really cool. I'm so grateful for that. And so, you know, the idea of, like, Jesus living in my heart and all these things are, like, very standard concepts in my mind that I, like, don't even question, right? So I'm at this conference, and I'm having a lot of just working through, really getting some inner healing with Jesus. And uh, I had this picture of my heart, and it was like this tiny, hard little rock suspended in the air, right? Like a heart of stone. And I saw Jesus in this picture walk up to it, and he just goes, poke. (laughs) And my heart just went, like, expanded and got bigger and turned red and was like alive. And I was like, oh, you know, lining up with scripture, right? You turn my heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And so Jesus stands there and he keeps like poking and touching my heart and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like taller than he is. And then he just sweeps open this little door and he goes inside. And I was like, oh, what's in there? So I go in And there's like a living room and a kitchen and all of this stuff. And Jesus sits down and he's like hanging out. And I was like, oh, this is your house. And I was just like, Jesus lives in my heart. Oh my gosh. It was like a total revelation that was so cool and so personal that I was like, oh my gosh, you guys. And I'm trying to tell my friends who are also like have been Christians forever. Like you guys, Jesus lives in my heart. And they were like, we know. (laughs) Like, but it's like cool in there, you know, there's good furniture and stuff. And, uh, and he's comfortable in there and it's awesome. And so I was having a really fun time talking to Jesus about this because I saw this verse that said like strength and splendor are before you and like majesty and might are in your place. And I, I just had this picture of him being in my heart and I was like, in your place, like in my place, you know, like in your house. And I'm like, what does it look like to have, like, majesty and strength? If these were people, what would they look like? You know, like, what does strength look like personified? What does majesty look like? I'm like, these are beautiful, powerful beings. And they're with you in my house, in my heart. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And so I'm having this really cool conversation with the Lord. And I'm like, here's, like, strength and majesty. And they're chilling on the couch. And Jesus is there. And... They're hanging out in this awesome atmosphere. And I look over and on the side of the couch is this like really weird person that totally does not fit with the rest of the crew. And I'm like, who is this person? They were kind of stinky, maybe had some flies buzzing around, like the kind of person you don't want to have in your house with like nice guests, you know? And I'm like, Jesus, like, who's this person? Is he in your crew? And he was like, well, those are some lies that you believe. And it's your heart. So, like, I can't ask them to leave because you invited them here. 
And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I do not want those people. I don't want Jesus to have to hang out with that, you know? Because I'm, like, having this awesome idea of, like, man, Jesus and all of his awesome friends. And I'm forcing them to hang out with, like, this really creepy, weird person. And so I was like, what do I do about that? And, again, it's, like, super simple. You guys know this stuff, right? Like, if you want to break agreement with lies that are in your heart, you just ask Jesus, like, what are these lies? And he tells you, and you're like, I break agreement with that, and I repent. Get that out of here. What do you want to give me in exchange, right? Like, we always ask him for something, and he brings in more of his awesome friends. Like, that's how I love, because when Jesus comes in our heart, he brings, like, a posse. He doesn't come by himself, you know? He brings in joy and peace and righteousness and hope and splendor and glory and all of these things. And so that's what's living in our heart, and we get to cultivate that in our hearts and in our minds. So couple of quick thoughts. I love uh, Isaiah 26. It says, perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust you. Or another translation says, you know, you keep them in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because they trust you. And I love that you can say mind or imagination because how often can we let our imaginations just run, right? Especially with negativity. But Jesus wants our imagination and we can have those kinds of conversations with him that are just so fun where we're letting our imagination roam with him about what he's doing. And so you get to choose what thoughts come into your mind. I love to think of it like immigration, where if you guys have ever traveled somewhere where you had to go through immigration, you have to show your passport or your visa, and they're like, who says you should be able to come in here? And you're like, of course, as Americans, we're like, I'm an American. I get to go everywhere. (laughs) Not true, but that's how we feel. And so, um, and sometimes they say yes, and sometimes they say no, right? But you should have... You, you get to see, they get to see the source of where you're coming from, right? And so we get to do that for our minds. We can have checkpoints in our mind where if a thought comes up and it, you're like, who says you get to be here? And it's like, well, I came from the news. And you're like, well, I don't want you in my mind. Then they are not allowed to come in. Like you actually get to choose the thoughts that are in your mind and in your heart. And we need to have a no tolerance policy for the enemy and his lies in our mind. And so uh, in Galatians 5, this was so convicting to me. It says, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie in your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system, like yeast and dough. And I think sometimes we're like, well, it's not that bad, right? Like, it's not like a huge lie. It's just like a little lie that's easy for me to kind of justify. No, it permeates your whole belief system. So we have to have a zero tolerance policy. Look at your sources. Are you receiving from life-giving things like the Holy Spirit? Because your input becomes your output, right? And this was my question for myself even, because I'm evaluating myself on all of these things too, you guys. Are you receiving as much or more from the word as you are from the world? And if you feel out of alignment, that's a really good place to start. The other spot that that leads into is checking your words, because we all know this, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? I can't tell you how many times I heard that verse from my mom growing up. She'd be like, what's going on in your heart? Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth is speaking, and you're not saying nice things. So (laughs) I don't want to tell you. Right. Oh, that was total verse in my life growing up. So here's something that I think we need to be reminded of, and I need to be reminded of. We have authority, and the stuff that we say happens, right? Because prophecy is calling things that are not as though they are. And so when we're like, this is going to be terrible, well, it probably is. You know, like if we're like, this is going to be amazing. Jesus is going to show up. It probably is. And that's not just 
optimism, right? Like none of the stuff I'm talking about is like rose colored glasses, optimism. We're not looking at situations and just totally denying their reality, but we're asking Jesus, what is your reality? And let's speak that into existence and just be aware. Like I've noticed this over the last week or two, like what, what are we speaking over this year? You know, like, Oh, it's the worst year ever. It's a dumpster fire every year. Nothing good can come out of this. This is horrible. I've even been doing it during the, like all the craziness, you know, and I think there's, it's okay to have things be hard or feel chaotic, but that doesn't define how we speak about it, right? In Proverbs 16, it says, nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. Isn't that good? I was like, ooh, my words can release inner healing in other people's spirits and my own? Like, wow, that makes me want to watch what I'm saying. Uh, another thing that I think is so powerful to do in any year, but especially this year, is like, let's take some time in the next few weeks to look for what God has done in this year that's good. And the children of Israel would uh, set up memorial stones so that whenever they passed a place and their kids were like, why are those rocks there? They could say, oh, this is where God parted the Red Sea and led us through to freedom. Oh, this is where you know God delivered us from our enemies. So they always had these places where they had these memorial stones set up. So I think it's extremely important always, but especially this year, to look back through the year and look for the thread of what God's been doing. It's there. And ask him to show you and then set up some memorial stones so that we can find things. And I feel like there's actually kind of an excitement to being able to do that this year. In Proverbs 25, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal things and the glory of kings to search it out. And so let's be intentional. I mean, we're priests and kings, right? So it's our glory to find what God's doing and call that out in a situation. And also, you know, I I love in Philippians, it says, I'm sure of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. And we're convinced from Romans, every detail of our lives is continually being woven together to fit into God's perfect plan to bring good into our lives for we are his lovers who've been called to fulfill his designated purposes. He's doing that this year. And so one way that I find really helpful to find the good or find what the Lord is doing is to put on my gratitude glasses. Um, I don't know if you guys are people that have to wear glasses or contacts or things like that, but I tell you what, it is a major difference if I'm wearing them or not for me. I'm like pretty blind without my glasses. But the clarity that it brings and the opportunity, or you know, if you go outside and it's super bright and you put on your sunglasses and now you can like see things better, you know, we've all had different experiences with glasses. Well, gratitude glasses are not rose-colored glasses, right? It's not fake optimism, but it is looking at everything and giving thanks. And um, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but that idea of Eucharisteo, which is the Greek word for communion, is also gratitude. And so there's actually such a cool rhythm that can happen when you're looking at something in your life. And it can be as simple as, this coffee smells so good this morning. I'm a coffee person, so I'm like, oh, this smells so good. And I look at something in my life, and I allow my heart to be moved with gratitude, and then it causes me to look up, and I go, oh, thank you so much for this coffee. It smells so good, and that turns into connection with heaven that then creates opportunity for the presence in heaven to come into my world, because you can be in heaven in the speed of a thought. 
And the easiest thought to get into heaven is thank you. You know, it talks about in scripture, like enter with the password thanks. And so as we come to him, and it's not like a huge, we're bringing this big thing. You know, it's literally just like, oh, your pants are really cool. Thanks, Jesus, that you made cool pants. I mean, it's like, can be anything, literally. Like, and I love, I mentioned this before, but I love, um, Ann Voskamp, if you guys haven't read her book, 1,000 Gifts, she does a phenomenal job of bringing it into the daily thing. She's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the way the carrots crunch when I'm chopping them for dinner. You know, like she finds beauty in every single integral little thing, and it turns into this tide of this constant communion where, like, I'm breathing out thanks and breathing in presence and breathing out thanks and breathing in presence, and it just creates this beautiful alignment, right? This beautiful flow. And so the last thing that I think we need to check, and I'm going to go through this very quickly, is um, our emotions. This has been a really hard year for, I think, everybody, right? And there is something about unprocessed emotions, especially grief, that can literally build up inside of you. Like, I think of unprocessed emotions as being like um, balloons that you're trying to hold underwater, Have you ever tried to do that? It's so hard, right? And you're constantly trying to keep them down. And they will come out somewhere eventually. They'll either burst out on someone or they'll come out as sickness in your body or other things. It always comes out somewhere. But feelings that you... I heard this quote one time and I was like, that freaks me out. Um, They said, feelings buried alive never die. And I think that we think sometimes we can just shove things and then they'll just go away. And there are times when you can just be like... Lord, do I need to like take this on and have a big dealing with this thing? And he's like, no. And you're like, I can just let it go. And he goes, yeah. And you're like, fine, move on. You know, sometimes it's really easy. And sometimes you really have to work through stuff. Like for us, we had to, we, we planned our whole wedding and all the pandemic stuff. Had, we had invited everyone. We had like everything ready. And then all the pandemic stuff happened. And I literally felt like I had this, this beautiful thing, almost like a stained glass window, right? Like I had planned out this whole dream wedding that I was going to have and I felt like someone just threw a rock into it and it just I watched it shatter slowly (laughs) for a couple of weeks and I literally cried every day for two weeks and not that I was like questioning the Lord I really wasn't I genuinely was in a pretty good place I was just sad to watch this thing that I had like allowed myself to dream about that I hadn't really spent a lot of time dreaming about before so it was a very vulnerable heart place for me and I just was like I need to grieve this right now because if I don't I'm not going to be able to do any of the other things I need to do so I was like I'm just going to be present in the moment and if something's going to make me cry about this I'm just going to cry like I'm just going to have this moment where I grieve this and I really did and then I reached the point where I was like, okay, all the pieces have fallen. Everything is, now I know what we're dealing with. And I was able to just go, okay, thank you, Lord. Like, this is what we have now. And now we can move forward. And I was able to genuinely enjoy all of the beautiful wedding things that happened for us this year without any trace of bitterness or feeling like we were missing out on things. Like, I just was able to fully be present in it. And so I just want to encourage you guys, because I know there's a tremendous amount of grief this year. It's not just around weddings. There's so many different things. If you haven't had the chance to talk to the Lord about and process out that grief, go to him first. This is how we come up from the wilderness, leaning on our beloved. And if you're working through it with the Lord and it feels overwhelming for you, go to a friend or go to the pastors 
or you might need to go see a really good counselor or something like that. Like there are some levels of trauma and grief that people have experienced this year that you might need someone who has really good tools to help you work through. And there's no shame in that, right? It's actually, you're making yourself ready to receive more. Because here's the thing that's amazing. Unprocessed emotions take up space inside of you that could be filled with other things. So when you clean all of that out, the Lord always gives you something in exchange. So what could be in that space that can't be there right now? because it's being taken up, right? Does that make sense? So that's super, super important. And the last thing I want to encourage you guys to do is dream big, right? Dream big about the rest of this year and next year. Ask the Lord, what do you want for Christmas this year from God, right? Like there's a lot of, I love the hunger in our community. There's so many hungry, hungry people and it provokes me so much. But like, what are you hungry to see from the Lord before the end of the year? And ask him for it. Dream really, really big. I always try to sit down and write a list of like things that I want to see or I'm hopeful for or whatever and in the coming year. And then it's so fun to go back and look at it at the end of the year and be like, what if these things happen? And it's amazing to see like what Jesus does with those dreams in our heart. So you have huge permission to dream really big um, for spiritual things and tangible things. You know, like it doesn't always have to be spiritual. I remember a couple years ago, I didn't have a car. And during December, I just wrote down, I was like, I really would love to have a car this year. It's really hard to live in Hampton Roads without a car. And um, I really wanted a Prius. And I felt like that was too much to ask for. So I wrote on my list, like, I would, I hope to get a car this year. And then I went back later and I was like, in parentheses, something like a Prius. And I was, like, too afraid to actually ask for that. And on January 7th, I got a Prius that someone else actually bought for me. And so, not the one I have now, but a different one. And so, what kindness of the Lord, right? Like, he knows the desires in our hearts. And so, you can really ask for things. Um, Luke 11 says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. And then later it says, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? So between now and the new year, let's take some time. Let's just take some moments to pause with Jesus align ourselves with him look for the alignment shifts that he's doing this year and let's be open-handed right to go okay this is how we've known things to be but you're moving things around so like let's be willing to allow him to make those shifts right and then let's evaluate our sources right like what are we pulling into our minds and our hearts and then what's coming out of our mouths uh let's put on our gratitude glasses when we're looking at this year and look for the good places and set up memorial stones like as you see good things that the lord is doing this year let's worship let's let that move our hearts in gratitude for what he's done um and ask him for big things and dream with him for what you want to see before the year ends and when you're standing there asking what should stay in 2020 and what he'll give you in exchange some really good questions to ask is this from you is this for me is this for now what do you want me to do with it you know, because there could be all kinds of different answers to those questions. And then if he's asking you to leave something in 2020, always ask what he wants to give you in exchange because he always has something. And so just as a reminder, God wants to redeem our view of this year and free us to redefine this year according to his terms, not the world's terms. So let's pray really quick. 
Father, thank you so much that you are a good father and that you're doing good things in this year. And so we open our hearts right now to receive your alignment, to hear your voice, and to have our view of this year be redeemed. And God, we ask that you would redefine this year for each of us according to your terms. And Lord, I ask for every single person that's part of our community, um, every person, God, that they would leave everything they need to leave behind in 2020, but that they would also receive every single thing that you have for them in this year and carry that forward into next year. And I thank you, God, that you are at work and that you are... um, making this every single circumstance turn into good for us according to your plan. And so we just thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.